Welcome to Crump Insights, exploring timely life insurance and retirement planning topics for today's forward-thinking financial professionals. In this episode, we'll discuss why disability insurance is so important. I'm Brian Bushlack, your host for this series and an active life and health insurance producer. Joining us, Chris Peterson, president of Hanley Insurance. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, Disability insurance awareness is top of mind this month, and I want to start with a general overview. Many of the producers and advisors who listen to this podcast may not be familiar with disability insurance, so I want you to start by uh, giving us an overview of why it's so important. Right, well, I appreciate the opportunity to join you today. And and uh, right out of the gate, a fantastic question and, and super timely considering the month of May being Disability Awareness Month. Disability insurance is an often misunderstood concept or topic out there, I think for a, for a couple of reasons. And relative to why some insurance agents and advisors may move past it, is it's historically felt to be a little bit of a stickier, and more challenging placement process or project, if you will. And I think that as the industry has evolved in the last 20, 25 years, and I'm coming up on 25 years in this space, the industry has certainly moved to a more friendly and more streamlined and a quicker, if you will, experience. So that sort of antiquated thought or concern around how much more difficult it is to place disability insurance, I think it sort of is no longer rings really true. And I would hope that distribution networks and advisor networks and insurance carriers are working more collaboratively out there to sort of dispel that rumor. Certainly disability insurance is incredibly important. And one could argue, and I think it may have a fair argument that it's probably the most important insurance uh, that anyone could invest in, if you will, uh, during their working years. Appreciate the overview. Maybe tell us about the current state of the market. I mean, you touched on that, but are we seeing an uptick in this with the growth we've seen in income, particularly of executives and you know C-suite folks who they're doing pretty well, right? For sure. It is important to understand and acknowledge certainly disability insurance, like long-term care, is an investment. It is not a commoditized inexpensive insurance, but there's real value prop there for sure. And it comes down to education. It really comes down to prioritization of one's needs and, and certainly hoping that's part of the conversation for planning purposes. I often ask people the simple question, what's your most important asset? And something that is sort of traditional or tangible comes to mind. Oh, I've got my home is my most important asset or, or a watch or a car or a diamond ring. And I argue, I would say, you know, your most important asset is your paycheck in reality. You sort of ask yourself that question, what are those things that I valued? Could I continue to afford and enjoy if I didn't have a paycheck? But I often tell people that's really sort of lead off from your conversations around planning. It's around disability insurance. Relative to the the state of the market, sort of timely right now, there was massive contraction in the disability industry in the 90s after a number of trends that caused pause for many carriers out there, whether it was managed care reform, whether it was the economy, and really the industry stayed contracted, if you will, from a carrier perspective 
right from the mid 90s up until the last couple of years. But what we've seen now is we've seen a number of conventional insurance carriers out there, and this is in the life space primarily, life insurance carriers um, re-entering the market because they see, as we've talked about, in, uh, with the exponential increase in people, in professional folks' incomes over the last couple of years, a lot of clients are looking for more additional solutions relative to disability insurance, and carriers are seeing the opportunity to enter a space or re-enter a space to make sure that their portfolio of solutions is complete and that the consumer's needs are being met. One thing that has not changed, though, as you talk about the state of the market, is that, as I mentioned, more and more people are eligible, if you will, for disability insurance in the professional space because we've had exponential increase in incomes since the, the mid-90s. But conversely, the domestic carriers have not kept pace with those needs as it relates to how much coverage they will issue an insured. So when I started 25 years ago, a domestic non-cancelable insurer, 10 to $15,000 a month, maybe, uh, depending on insurance occupation. At 25 years later, uh, they may be bubbling up against the uh, the $20,000 a month. But that has not at all kept pace to where we've seen many occupations move in the last, uh, last 10, 15 years, moving well past a half a million into multiple millions of dollars. So interesting trends. Expansion of carriers moving back into the space, but not really expanding the issue and participation limits they're willing to offer uh, many occupations. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the overview. Now, Hanley fills a unique segment of the market. Can you explain the product that you offer and how maybe it's different from traditional DI products? For sure. So, so Hanley is a Lloyds of London MGU managing general underwriter, arguably the first in the U.S. Uh, we're one of the three primaries that are out there that folks may be familiar with. We are ultimately owned by Truist Bank, Truist Retail Bank, that is, uh, which is the sixth largest retail bank in the U.S., fantastic company. One of the things that sets us apart is capitalization from such a strong parent company. Historically, when people thought about Lloyd's, they thought about some of the more romantic occupations out or romantic scenarios. Yes, Hanley uh, has a fair amount of uh, professional athletes. Yes, Hanley has a number of people who are in the entertainment space, whether that's talent in front or behind. And yes, we do exotic things like kidnap and ransom and event cancellation and things like concert tour liability insurance. But the reality is, uh, as I touched upon earlier, because of the exponential increase in professional uh, occupation income out there, that's really where the majority of our client base is now. People ask me, well, when do I call Hanley? And I, and I say simply, you know, most likely the best sort of tipping point, if you will, is uh, where the, the domestic industry sort of tops out and we pick up is, is about a half a million dollars. And, and there are quite a few people in the United States that are, are, made, are at that half million dollar income mark. Uh, far more than there are if you aggregate all the athletes and entertainers together. So we're why we all do a great job of sort of again um, telling a good story to you know maybe at a at a party 
as it relates to those sort of romantic ideas of, of insurance and, and body parts and what have you. But the reality is we're providing additional insurance above and beyond what the domestic market will offer and insure it above those issue and participation limits, whether it's to an attorney, a consultant, a financial advisor, a small business owner, an orthopedic surgeon, the myriad of occupations that are out there. Yeah, you've done a great job of uh, zeroing in on the audience here and, you know, who this is a market for. Could you do us a favor and maybe share a case study to help explain, you know, a typical use for this type of DI? For sure. The easy instance, again, is that those occupations that may be deemed out of the target risk profile of the domestic industry. Again, so it might be a, an entertainment person, an individual who travels a great deal for their job, an athlete. Those are the easy ones where we become to. There really is no answer for them domestically. But the classic example would just be, again, is that is a working professional in the United States who may have a little bit of group disability as part of their benefits package. And that group disability, let's say, pays $10,000 a month. Well, $10,000 a month in a standard replacement ratio design, that's replacing the first 200,000 of income. So then maybe they then go to a, your, a domestic carrier and you go and pick up another $10,000 a month of personal income disability coverage. So that 10,000, that 10,000 stacked together, that's $20,000 a month. And on a, with a standard 60% replacement ratio, so the industry standard when you're doing planning, that brings that individual to $400,000 a month. But one of those, those carriers, they say, hey, at 20,000, um, that's where our comfort level is for an issue and participation limit. From here on off, you've got to go seek, you're seeking the excess market, which is really where Lloyd's come in. That's where Hanley as an MGU of Lloyd's comes in. And so it's really in that instance, that individual who has an income that's more than $400,000, in that instance, a million dollars of W-2 income a year. And we can come in and, re- and put on and on top of that an additional twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month of coverage. Really, people often ask me, what's the most that you'll issue? And I say, I can pretty much find as much disability insurance that you need on a monthly basis that you need, but you're probably going to hit a a premium threshold before you hit my my placement or my capacity threshold. So really, the market for us is kind of limitless. Now, might seem like an obvious question, Nat, and having played in this space a little bit it'll depend on the league it'll depend on the contract the athlete and the circumstances for sure but you know talk about the importance of athletes and other high income earners uh, and having this type of product it's pretty important it certainly is important when you think about the sort of the non-traditional professional non-professional service occupations like an athlete or, or, or some type of talent if you will two things come to mind one is you have a short career unfortunately specifically enough you know, to an athlete has a has a pretty uh, short shelf life if you will and with that you have a defined a condensed period of, of income earning and generally going to be very high so those professions are, are tailor-made for us because we can meet the income threshold, those high income thresholds that the domestic industry may not want, five, 10, $20 million of income, we can ensure that. And we also are comfortable with the short term of that occupation. The domestic industry, if you remember right, traditionally is set up to make a long-term promise. You know, if you insure someone at 35 years old, 
you're essentially in a traditional policy term, you're making a promise to them for 30 years that that individual is going to be a doctor or a broadcaster or an IT individual or a, or a litigator or a business owner for, for 30 years. Well, that's kind of incongruous with, what a, with an athlete. An athlete has a shelf life, you know, football, maybe three, four years. An entertainer, you know, you see the ebbs and flows of that industry. So we pick we can handle it. We can handle the size of the risk of the dollar value of the contract, of the potential need, replacement need. We're designed for the shorter period, so we're comfortable making that bet for a shorter period. And in the instance, the individual's most, the most often purchase time, if you will, inflection point for that individual is when either when they're going into their career, they're starting their career off and they want to protect the upside, a younger player looking to protect their upside of the future contract hopefully get larger as their performance uh, improves or the individual who's making a tra- who's having a transition year between a contract i'm coming to the end of my current contract and i'm i'm going to sign one next year but i want to protect myself between today and then that in case i become disabled i'll have a policy to fall back on before i sign that next contract and get that next paycheck yeah that's the final year of a contract i think that is really uh the sweet spot or the hot button for a lot of athletes and their agents so i want to bring this back home to maybe a more realistic or uh, an opportunity that more of our producers or advisors would see and that might be uh you know business planning buy sell and typically on the life side we think about this in terms of a death but you know in a scenario you mentioned a litigator you've got a law firm or you know a group of high-powered attorneys that have ownership in a firm and one of them is the expert in you know that field and something happens to them whatever it may be they are unable to perform and then certainly that impacts their income but it impacts the income of the entire firm that's where a buy-sell type of planning would come in right for sure and i i think that when when we think about buy sell we think about key person those are attached to work a business and when a person is working that's their working years yet we often run out and with good reason to the first liability that's covered is life insurance but an individual who is 45 60 is far less likely to die than actually become disabled Yet the industry certainly focuses, rightly so though, and it's, it's part of the plan. There are far more life insurance policies transacted either for key person or for buy-sell as you indicated. But again, one would argue that if, it's, if that's important to you, then buy-sell or key person disability should be equally important, if not more, if we know statistically that a person is far more likely to to have an unforeseen accident and sickness befall them than death mm-hmm. during working years. Now, additionally, why why this is an area that we focus on, that Handley focus on, is that if you're thinking about a like to like in the sense that it's a final event, death is a final event, and it occurs, and a payment uh, is made to meet whichever business planning liability contract need you have, whether it's buy, sell, or key person. That's a final event. Well, in, in the disability space domestically, the dis, and I came from the domestic disability space, fantastic space, 
all the carriers, by and large, are the same. There's no one that takes a leading position. There's no wrong answer out there. But one area that, that they don't focus on and they emphasize is that concept of a, final, of a payment of finality, a lump sum payment. Disability insurance is traditionally paid in a annuitized fashion. It's, as I mentioned, they started out, it's there to, to basically replace your paycheck. Thus, payment stream is somewhat replicated like a paycheck monthly. Well, in the in a finality event like a, uh, a key person replacement or a disability buyout, it has to be final like a death is. And really, those carriers don't want are not designed for that large final one time payout like we are. So we instead of death being the triggering event for the policy's payment, it is a permanent and total disability that befalls the individual, and then a lump sum payment that is most likely tied to the equivalent value that the life insurance that has been placed in an individual, that is made um, to whichever is the, 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 uh, the insuring the parties. So whether it be $5 million or 10 or $50 million or $1 million, just like the life, we can meet the same liability amount, but with disability being the trigger, rather than debt. But again, equally, if not more important, considering that we're looking at this as as it relates to a business or an entity or working years. Okay, well, that's a great insight there. I think that's uh, some new information for our audience. Well, Chris, great conversation. Obviously, this is uh, the month we focus on this, but we should be focused on it year round, and we appreciate you joining us. For sure, it's my, my pleasure. It, insurance has no season. I'm just glad that we have an industry that cares and, and tries to get the message out and can continue to improve upon the lives of those who in need when the call is, is made. So I appreciate the opportunity spent today and um, look forward to catching up with you in the future. Crump Life Insurance Services, a leading third-party distributor and service provider of insurance and retirement products, is part of Truist Insurance Holdings Incorporated the seventh largest insurance broker in the world. Crump supports the distribution of life insurance, annuities, long-term care, linked benefits, disability, and health products with the industry's premier sales and back office support and technology services. Marketing under the following brands, Crump, Truist Life Insurance Services, Risk Rider, TELUS, and Time. Source, Business Insurance Magazine, using 2019 brokerage revenue generated, 2020 issue. For financial professional use only, not intended for use in solicitation of sales to the public. Not intended to recommend the use of any product or strategy for any particular client or class of clients. For use with non-registered products only, Crump operates under the license of Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated. Arkansas license number 100103477. Products and programs offered through Crump are not approved for use in all states. Copyright 2022, Crump Life Insurance Services, Incorporated.